You are Locked On Mets, your daily New York Mets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello to all you amazing Mets fans. You're listening to Locked On Mets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Mets your first listen every day. Locked On Mets is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. On the show today, we're going to talk about Max Scherzer. He was the biggest addition the Mets made this offseason to take the team to the next level, and his first 20 starts could not have gone any better. I'm going to talk about them in our first segment today, kind of compare what he's done this year to years prior. In the second segment, I want to explore what his Cy Young case could have been had he remained healthy all year, and then we'll close out the show today looking towards the future. Will the Mets re-sign Jacob deGrom to pair with Scherzer moving forward, or will Scherzer just be the lone ace next season? Before we get to any of that, though, I'm your host, Ryan Finkelstein. If you want to find any of my work, follow me on Twitter, at FinkelsteinRyan. You can also find some of my writing at JustBaseball.com, where I work as the managing editor. Hello to all you amazing Mets fans. You're watching Locked On Mets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Ryan Finkelstein. If you want to find any of my work, follow me on Twitter, at FinkelsteinRyan. You can also find some of my writing at JustBaseball.com where I work as the managing editor. Now, the Mets game was rained out on Monday. It will be replayed as part of a day-night doubleheader on Wednesday. So I was wondering, what should I talk about today? And there's been a topic that's been on my mind for a little bit, and that is looking at Max Scherzer's season and really trying to put into context not only with his career, but also with some of the other best performers this year when it comes to the Cy Young and really trying to understand what value he has brought to the Mets because I think he's in this weird position where he wasn't healthy all year, so he doesn't quite qualify in those award race discussions. But if we really dive into the numbers, has there really been anyone in baseball who's been throwing the ball better than Max Scherzer? I mean, as an ace, he's done about as well as you could have expected anyone to do under these circumstances. You look at his first 20 starts in a Mets uniform, Max Scherzer's pitching to a 2.26 ERA with 153 strikeouts and 127 and two-third innings pitched. His strikeout per nine of 10.79 makes it 11 years in a row that he has averaged double-digit strikeouts per nine. That is extraordinarily impressive. And that ERA of 2.26, that would be the best mark of his entire Hall of Fame career. That's how good he has been this year. He has been pitching at arguably the best level of his career. Now, if we really dive into some of the other stats, you know, the whip, the the ERA plus, some of these things, there's other seasons that pop out. There's Cy Young years. There's years where he was more of a workhorse, where he had more strikeouts, where he eventually won the hardware. But you really can't expect any more from Scherzer than what he has given when on the mound. And there's a couple things that really stand out to me. And it's the, the key things that any pitcher wants to prevent runs. The first one, don't walk guys, right? That's always a, a, an issue that a pitcher can have if they have a lot of traffic on the bases, obviously more likely that runs can come in. His 1.62 walk per nine rate is the lowest mark of his entire career. 
outside actually of his first season in Washington in 2015. Uh, you look at his home runs per nine. That is actually the lowest mark of his entire career at 0.7. Um, and his home run to fly ball rate of 6.4%. So 6.4% of the fly balls he allows actually leave the yard. That is also the best mark of his career. So he's keeping the ball in the yard. He's limiting the walks. He's still getting strikeouts. ERA plus takes a player's ERA and normalizes it across the entire league. It accounts for external factors like ballparks and opponents. It then adjusts. So a score of 100 is league average. So 150 would be 50% better than league average. Do you know what Max Scherzer's ERA plus is this year? It's 172. That would be the best mark of his career outside of 2017 when he put up a 178 ERA plus. 14 of his 20 starts this year have been quality starts, which means he's gone at least six innings, allowed three earned runs or less. He has pitched at least six innings in all but three of his starts this year. Two of those three starts were the ones he got hurt. And then you have how many times he's pitched into the seventh, not completed seven, but pitched into the seventh, thrown a pitch, 12 of his 20 starts. So he's giving this team length, and he is elite at run prevention. There just isn't really many pitchers that have been better as an ace this season than Max Scherzer. 20 starts in a Mets uniform. Obviously, you wish he didn't get hurt, and he had taken the ball every fifth day. But he got back from that oblique injury as fast as he could. And when he's been on the hill, he has been worth every single penny of that contract. And that's not even getting into some of the other ways he helps the Mets win within the margins. The way that he has been a leader in that clubhouse. The way he has coached that pitching staff along with being the ace of that pitching staff. The the type of conversation we see Scherzer have with a Chris Bassett. With a you know David Peterson, Tyler McGill, some of the younger guys with Jacob Degrom, it's always this melding of minds when you're looking at the dugout and seeing these pitchers interact with each other. And Scherzer has been a key proponent in all of it. And again, when he actually toes the rubber, he, he's doing it at a rate that that's better than almost any pitcher in baseball. And what I want to do next here is really take his numbers and. Look at them under the lens of him being a Cy Young this year. Because right now, if you look at odds makers, he's at plus 4,000. Edwin Diaz right there with him, actually. I think Edwin might have been a plus 5,000 when I checked the odds today. Uh, neither of them likely to win the Cy Young. Sandy Alcantara is the, the front runner right now. You look at someone like Julio Urias or Max Fried, those guys I think have a better chance of really getting into the mix when it comes to the Cy Young than Scherzer and Diaz. But if you added seven starts on the Scherzer stats, how would he look? And what do the advanced metrics say about how his stuff compares to the other best pitchers in baseball? We're going to talk about that in a minute. But first, if you haven't tried Built Bar Puffs yet, you're depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys because it really is delicious, indulgent, and they have the brand new cookie dough flavor, which is covered in chocolate. Built has done it again. The cookie dough chunk puffs are light. They're chewy in texture with real cookie dough chunks, and of course, they're covered in the 100% real chocolate. All the joys of eating cookie dough without the hassle of making it. Plus, it's actually healthier for you. The cookie dough chunk puffs are only 160 calories, and they have a whopping 15 grams of protein in them. Like all Built Bars, the new cookie dough chunk puffs is covered in that chocolate. That means that they're healthy and tasty, and they also have 
that light, fluffy texture. And they're made with a collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently to provide tons of health benefits. Eat something that tastes good and is good for you by trying new cookie dough chunk puffs today. Whether you need it for a snack after a workout, a late night treat, or if you're just trying to grab a quick bite, Built is the perfect protein bar for you. It tastes better than a candy bar. Dish the calories, the fat, and the sugar. Grab yourself a Built Bar if you want to try a Built Bar today. Go to Built.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON15. And you'll get 15% off your next order. Again, that's promo code LOCKEDON15. For 15% off your next order at Built.com. If we look at all the pitchers in the National League this year who have thrown at least 100 innings, where do you think Max Scherzer ranks when it comes to his 2.26 ERA? He's second. Only Tony Gonsolin is better. Gonsolin just went on the aisle recently. Uh, and I, I still, despite the success, I don't think he is anywhere near the pitcher that Max Scherzer is. I know he's had an amazing season, but Scherzer has the track record. I look at what Max Scherzer has done this year and where it ranks in baseball. The expected ERA is sixth in the National League at 2.92. His FIP, which is fielding independent pitching, is 2.54. That's fourth best. 3.31 XFIP, which is expected fielding independent pitching. That's ninth best. His F4 is 4.1, sixth best. Now, that all you know comes in about top 10, and that's why you see him as a fringe Cy Young, uh, you know, Contender here, probably closer to maybe the fifth, sixth, seventh best uh, pitcher in that race right now. He'll get some votes most likely, but maybe third place votes. And he probably won't really factor heavily into the voting. What's crazy, though, is take all of his stats, average them out, and add seven additional stars. Let's just say Scherzer has been healthy all year and has taken the ball 27 times like all of the top healthy starters in the National League. You know what his F4 would be? If you just average it out, it'd be 5.5. He would have the best F4 among all the starting pitchers in the National League. You average out the strikeouts, that would add on some additional strikeouts to put him at 207 on the year, 54 more, because he's averaging over seven strikeouts per start. That would be the top mark in the league, and he would have thrown over 170 innings. Now, you got Sandy Alcantara, who I believe is in the 190s right now, and that's really impressive. His ERA is very good as well. And I, I do think he 100% deserves the award. But had Scherzer been healthy, and the numbers are right here and here, and if Scherzer had the ERA title, and the Mets are a first-place team that Scherzer had been leading all year, who knows? Maybe they're even a couple more games ahead of the Braves had the Mets had Scherzer this whole time. Yeah, I think we're talking about his season a little bit differently, and he could be either a favorite or at least would be a top-three finisher had he remained healthy. You look at, you know, kind of understanding some of the stats behind his stuff. Slider is the first thing that jumps out. The Mets have some of the best sliders in baseball and the two best sliders on the team. It's Edwin Diaz and Max Scherzer and obviously Jacob DeGrom. Jacob DeGrom was healthy all year. You also have David Peterson as a really good slider as well. But you look at run value, right? This is a stat that in the simplest form it is trying to tell us how many runs a pitch has saved a pitcher on the season. But by using that pitch, every pitch is assigned a run value based on the outcome. So 
let's just say, you know, there's a bases loaded situation and Scherzer strikes out somebody with that slider. The run value is going to be improved significantly because the chances of the other team scoring have now been drastically cut because he got that big K in that big spot. So that's kind of the simplest way to describe run value. And you look at the run value he's accumulated with that slider this year at minus 17. It's the seventh best mark of any pitch in baseball, the fourth best slider behind Diaz, who's got a minus 18 run value on his slider. Now the whiff percentage on his slider is 47.8%. So that's why you get such a high run value there. And he also has the fastball that's been extremely effective. The run value on that pitch is minus 11. One of two pitchers in baseball who are in the top 50 or have two pitches, I should say, in the top 50. It's Scherzer and it's Tony Gonsolin. So interesting that the two guys who would be leading the league in ERA are also the only two guys that have two top 50 pitches. Now you look at all of his pitches, right? Each pitch you look at, batters are hitting under 260 on all of them. And a lot of them sub 200. You look at the slugging percentage, a lot of them sub 300, but all of them under 400. You look at some of the advanced metrics. You know, Baseball Savant has their their little bubbles, right, that tell us, you know, what a pitcher is doing as compared to the rest of the league. He's in the 85th percentile or higher in hard hit percentage against, expected ERA, expected batting average, strikeout percentage, walk percentage, whiff percentage, chase rate, fastball spin, curveball spin. The bottom line through all of this, the advanced metrics tell us that there just isn't any pitchers that you really look at around baseball that are statistically head and shoulders over a Max Scherzer. At his age, what he's doing is remarkable. He has put himself into this this place here where every single season over a decade now, he's been a Cy Young contender. Every single year, he is just consistent and he continues to add to his craft. His you know, game between the ears is as good as anyone's. The fact that he has accumulated all this knowledge and he can still uh, you know, attack hitters with plus stuff with the computer in his brain that allows him to really pick his spots and know when to throw each pitch. It's very simple when you look at even – you know, the, the conversation all year about throwing that curveball for a first strike, especially against left-handed batters, that, you know, guys are going to take that pitch a lot of times because it's not necessarily a great pitch to swing at early in the count. They might identify it, but to to time up a curveball that drops into the zone, a lot of guys will just spit on it, and you got a free strike. It's little things like that that he has learned over the years that have made him the pitcher he is today. It's a pitcher that just continues – to improve and when we look at the final two seasons of this contract there's no reason to think that Max Scherzer can continue to pitch as one of the best starters in baseball and that also leads us to an interesting conversation of what does Scherzer's presence on this team mean for Jacob DeGrom's future because Jacob DeGrom could be a free agent at this year he said he will opt out what do the Mets do there and do they pay him more than Scherzer I want to talk about that in a minute here uh, but first, a word from our sponsors. So 
So Max Scherzer is under contract for two more years at $43.3 million a season. But the final year of this three-year contract is a player option. So that gives Scherzer some flexibility. He could actually be a free agent after next season. And look at what he's done since 2021. There's not a pitcher in baseball that has a better ERA since 2021 than Max Scherzer among all pitchers that have thrown at least 200 innings. His 2.37 ERA is that good. That's over 50 starts. And so you project that what the next 50 starts are going to look like for Max Scherzer. And there's no reason to think he can't keep this up. So if he goes out next season, pitches to a sub three ERA again, is he going to sign back up for another player option and, and come back for 43.3 million? Or is he going to opt out and say, Hey, is there another $120 million for me out there? Can I pitch for three more seasons? Can I get a two year, hundred million dollar contract? Who knows where things will go with a Max Scherzer. But that brings me back to Jacob DeGrom. It's interesting because Max Scherzer was the ultimate insurance policy on Jacob DeGrom. And we've seen how that has worked out for the Mets this season because by having Scherzer, it didn't matter that you missed DeGrom for the first half of the season, if not a little bit more than that. You had a guy that was leading your rotation. Moving forward, though, which pitcher do you want for the next five, six years? And is it crazy to think Scherzer can be with this team for five or six years? I mean, right now you're talking about next season. Max Scherzer will turn 39 years old in July. So the final year of his deal, he'll turn 40. Uh, does he have it in him to pitch until he's 43? I don't see why not, but do you bet on that? Do you bet on him continuing this into his 40s? Justin Verlander is in a similar spot right now, and these two guys are kind of flip-flopping every day in career strikeouts. It's really interesting to see where their respective careers will go. He turned 39 in February, so he's going to be 40 next season, and he'll be making a pretty penny. So what do you do if you're the Mets? Do you re-sign Jacob DeGrom and build your future on him, or do you let DeGrom walk with all the injury risk and have Scherzer be the ace of the future at, you know, 39 years old? I mean, what do you do? kind of a crazy thought that the best outcome is the Mets sign both. And I think that is where this could lead because Scherzer isn't under contract for the longest of times. Maybe that is the idea that Max Scherzer is a three-year luxury for this ball club. And you hope that you can develop some pitchers that can slide into your rotation at a cheaper dollar amount that you only have to pay one guy that North of $40 million. And that guy could be Jacob DeGrom because Jacob DeGrom is still only 34. And so if this injury concern that we've seen over the last year is behind them, which is a massive if, maybe that is the way you go with this. But the Mets are in such an interesting spot uh, moving forward because they have the the top two pitchers in baseball, and I think they got to try to keep that together. But are you going to pay two pitchers 85-plus million? Because if you're Jacob DeGrom, why should you accept anything less than $40 million a year? Even with the injury risk, why should you? Because when DeGrom's on the mound, he's better than Scherzer. He's better than everyone. I don't know where the Mets go with these guys. Uh, But what I will tell you is with the uncertainty of Jacob DeGrom heading into 
2023 season. And obviously, I don't want to look too far by This is only a podcast where we're talking about this stuff because there was a rainout, right? The focus is still squarely on the 2022 Mets. Um, it's a special ball club that we're, we're spending this entire season you know, iron-focused into. We, we're not looking at the offseason and beyond much on, on this show. I, I really hate to do that because I don't want to take the focus away from these guys. With that said, though, rain out, so let's get into this. Moving forward, the Mets could be in a position to hang on to these guys and have this really expensive ball club in C. But if the ground walks, you go into next season, Scherzer's your ace, right? Maybe as DeGrom walks, you bring back a Chris Bassett. That's an opportunity for the Mets if they want to go that route. You still have Carlos Carrasco likely to come back if the Mets decide to pick up that option. That's definitely on the table, though he might not hit that innings total now. And so maybe the Mets wipe their hands clean of whatever it was, like $14 million on Carrasco. Maybe they put that towards a Bassett or they put that towards a DeGrom. I mean, that's still on the table as well. You have Peterson, you have Miguel. So you have options, and you got to figure out how this rotation will look. Also, you have Joe Lucchese. Now, I don't think Lucchese is a guaranteed top five starter, but as they did this year where they built out a depth chart of about eight guys that they really trusted, I think Lucchese can be one of those eight, as do I think Peterson can be one of those eight, as I think McGill can. So that's three. Sure, there's four. You're trying to add four more pitchers into the mix here at varying degrees of skill level. If you bring the Grom back, you're sitting pretty pretty right now. Pretty, pretty. Uh, I, I just think that the bottom line through all of this and, you know, entire purpose of the show today is just to acknowledge the brilliant signing it was to bring in Max Scherzer. And it, it, it doesn't take a lot to know that um, Scherzer is a great addition on any ball club. And uh, obviously the Mets had the luxury of being able to offer him $130 million over three years. But you pay a premium to get a premium pitcher and that's what this guy's been for the Mets this year. He's been a premium pitcher. He's been a premium leader. He has helped take them to, to where they've gone this year, to a place they haven't been in a long time. And hopefully he will have some big moments come October. Anyway, that's going to be all for this edition of Locked on Mets. As always, thank you for listening. Make sure you follow, rate, and review wherever you get your podcast. Make sure you follow me on Twitter, at Ficklestein Ryan. Follow the show at Locked on Mets. Thank you for making Locked on Mets your first listen every day. After your second listen, check out Locked On MLB, hosted by Paul Francis Sullivan. Locked On MLB is where you want to go to stay up to date with everything going on in Major League Baseball. Follow Locked On MLB wherever you get podcasts.